everyone, welcome to the latest episode of NXT Talk, the show where we chat about NXT in any form. Whether it be stateside, Level Up, or UK, we've got you covered. We're hosts, I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour! How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well, Boris. We're nearing the Great American Bash. We got six matches. I believe four title matches on this show could be pretty good next week. How are you feeling, big homie? I'm doing all right, man. Just uh, taking it day by day overall. Uh, yeah, Great American Bash. It's so crazy because I feel like it was announced so long ago, uh, but uh, it's 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 next week. Like here we go, and yeah. it, it could be a good show. Uh, it looks to be a good show. We will go through the card at some point, most likely closer to the end. We're changing the format a little bit this week. I think we're going to go in chronological order of when things happened. Uh, and the reason for that is just because, well, it kind of makes sense this week, especially because there was a major uh, change in, in titles with NXT UK. So I think it just makes sense that we're going to go this week in chronological order and we'll see how that how that takes us yeah we're gonna start with nxt uk we might actually switch to this if it goes well we'll see how it works i kind of like the idea of doing it in chronological order uh and usually nxt uk is the better show so it's yeah. nice to talk about that while we're you know fresh full of piss and vinegar uh boris but yeah we're gonna discuss nxt uk off the hop here yeah. um if I may, if I could just take the floor for a couple seconds, Boris. Yeah, of course. So I just wanted to say, I just wanted to say something. Um, in the comedy world here in Toronto, we lost uh, somebody who is just absolutely spectacular, and and more so than a spectacular comedian, seemingly a spectacular person. I didn't really know him too well. I've uh, seen him passing, and I really respected his work. His name was Nick Nemiroff, and he passed away. Uh, recently very very recently it's very very sad and like i said he wasn't i wasn't super close to him i don't think i actually ever met him to be honest but i really really respected him i like and yeah i run in the same circles right so just seeing on facebook and on and on instagram and on all these social medias all of my friends are just hurting so bad and it's just like lots of heavy hearts in the comedy community man and this guy was on conan you can check out his work on conan you can check out his album on spotify or youtube nick nemerov He's he's a uh, very he's got a unique voice, very very funny guy. Lots of like misdirection in his comedy. A lot of uh, he's like a soft spoken dude. One of my one of my friends described him as the most gentle person she'd met in the comedy scene, and I thought that was like beautiful. There's not a lot of gentle people necessarily in the comedy scene. I'm not a gentle person. I'm a loud mouth idiot. You know what I, I don't. I mean, like I mean well. I'm not like aggressive, but you know what I mean. Like you, you get a lot. Of, yes, exactly, exactly. But it's just and, and as a human being, man, like he was the kind of person who would say I love you to his friends. It, it yeah. seemed anyway. Like I didn't know him, so I don't want to tell you about his personality necessarily. All I know about him is he was loved. And he was a talented guy. So if you're into stand-up comedy, go check out some Nick Nemiroff and, uh, you know, like hug your loved ones because you never know, man. And it's just like life is short. Life is a beautiful thing. And we need to appreciate every day while we have it. And rest in peace, Nick Nemiroff, a very, very talented guy. Gone way too soon. Yeah. Um, I think we run in similar circles. Uh, and, and I have seen so much outpouring. So much outpouring. And... Comedy, I think we were talking about this when, when kind of the SNME group got together. Comedy is, is so very, very, especially right now, 
with the you know with 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 everybody trying to be so politically correct um you know with and no one trying to piss anyone off it's so hard to find a comedian who is generally loved by any everyone whatever circle of, of comedy you run in right because you have different circles uh, of comedy of and comedians right so to see someone and and i've seen outpouring of just absolute love and admiration uh you know and well-being for his family uh from every circle so th that just goes to show you the type of person that he was yeah absolutely and yeah it just seems like i don't know in a business like comedy and like a thing that it's going to attract some assholes right so it is it is really nice when you hear of a genuine person having success like a, and he seemed like a really good good guy good heart and he was an excellent comedian i'll tell you for sure he was a good comedian i didn't know him as a person but i can tell you like his work holds up man go check him out on conan go listen to his full album it's good he was good at this and it's 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 not just tragic for that reason it's tragic for a number of reasons but it's a it's a, a talent who's gone now and that really sucks All right, so, yeah, so, you know, it's been one of those weeks, I guess, man. Um, I feel like this is a vintage NXT talk episode. We're recording on Tuesday night uh, for scheduled reasons. So, again, Matt, thank you so much for, for kind of uh, putting up with my schedule. I know it's been just absolutely <laughs> hectic yeah, it's all good. the past few weeks. Um, but this week is a good reason, as I point vigorously to my camera at you <laughs> it's happening i can see that <laughs> very good reason that's because tomorrow when we typically record i'm gonna be on the road i'm gonna be on the road i'm doing stuff i'm going places not not up yeah. in the world but going places all right i'm not uh, up in the world going to detroit <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't honestly the only times i've gone to detroit has been for events uh i went for tons of sports, few concerts, and tomorrow I am going for All Elite Wrestling, AEW, Blood and Guts. Nice. Like you like a young Boris checking out ECW. You're gonna see some blood and guts. It's gonna be dope, man. I'm excited for you. We yeah. gotta get a live uh, a live Boris report if we can. I'm gonna try, but you know what? hundred percent I'm gonna be hundred percent honest with you. I am going to enjoy this as a fan. Of course. I'm gonna enjoy yeah, it as a man. fan. Like I'm not. I'm gonna. So most likely, I'm gonna be on the show with mouth on Thursday. I'm gonna have to rewatch the show and take notes then, uh, <laughs> just because I am yeah. going to sit down and honestly enjoy the show. Very similar to like, you know, when I went to the first AEW taping in Washington, I just sat down. I was by myself. I was a dork. Went by myself. Just so happened to work out that way, and dude, it was just a great time, made tons of friends, but tomorrow I'm going with people that I know, and really looking forward to it, and um, yeah, man, it's going to be it's gonna be a good time, and I feel like just just, just mentally, I, I'm there already, I need it, I need it so bad, uh, I'm not going to go into so many reasons why, but like, it's just going to be a nice, nice, nice little break tomorrow, uh, I'm going to, you know, obviously work when I can, but tomorrow is going to be dedicated to my wrestling fandom and i am looking forward to it because like you said it does remind me of when little boris and 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 and, and his older brother juan somehow got him past the border even though we have different last names and i was underage <laughs> but yeah it, i honestly do feel like back in the day of when i used to go to ecw shows with my brother 
That's amazing, man. That's so cool. Yeah, go as a fan, enjoy it. Even and if you can't make it for the show, I can uh I can come off the bench and hop in with the great Dan the Mouth Lovransky if need be. But man, it would be dope to get some live perspective from Blood and Guts. Could yeah. be the most violent match in AEW history, perhaps. And that's covering a lot of ground, buddy. Considering the bloodbath that John Moxley left himself in on Sunday, right? Like it's just yeah, crazy. Every like, time, every time Moxley, Moxley will wrestle da- uh, like Daniel Garcia on Rampage, and they'll both be gushing. Dude, can you imagine if Moxley ever fought Cody? Oh my god, <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> like uh, the boys would be lining up because they would need blood transfusions after the match. Like literally, triple uh, threat match: Moxley v Cody v Abdullah the Butcher. <laughs> Uh, I, I've told you, well, I've, I've said it many times on, on many podcasts that I've seen Abdullah Butcher wrestle once, and it was really? a shit show. Yeah, it was a shit show. It was uh, in Mississauga against Terry Funk in 1999. What? I was going to say, what year? 99? 99. Well, I mean, Funk was like one year removed from Chainsaw Char- Charlie, excuse me. That wasn't that bad, but oof. Yeah, and it was. it's funny because like I saw that match. And then later that year, or early the following year, Beyond the Mat came out, and I saw his retirement tour. So it's <laughs> the order of stuff, which is so funny. Uh, that's but uh, yeah, that's classic Terry Funk there. But yeah, man, I'm honestly looking forward to it. So yeah, tonight honestly feels like a vintage NXT talk where we're doing everything in our power to not talk about NXT <laughs> and NXT brand of stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was a weird UK, obviously a very strange UK episode oh, don't with, even a, get with me a big twist. UK. <laughs> yeah, and then this this episode, while it was better than like the the really bad 2.0s that we first got in September and like October, like the kidnappings and whatever, this was kind of just a boring man. There was there a worse kind of crime. Show. There was a worse crime, implied worse crime than kidnapping on this episode. <laughs> That's fair. There was an implied murder. On this show. And but I, I called it. You did call it. You did call it. You know what, though? I kind of... That one. That one's funny. I'll take an implied murder of, of a man who got released. That's like Saturday Night Live, like a good, yeah. like, wink and a nod. Versus, like, an actual visible kidnapping that we see on our screen that's just never mentioned again. Yeah, there you was know? a few implied stuff on tonight's episode, uh, one of which I'm glad we didn't see on TV, one of which we should have seen on TV because it would have done the angle justice. We'll get to that. Matt, how are you, buddy? Oh, man, thank you for asking. I'm very well. Just gearing up to end uh, working here for a little bit. I, I've taken two weeks off soon. I'm going to go up to Sudbury, see the family, hopefully get some cottage time in. Go, uh, you know, around, uh, do the tour. There's been a lot of friends that I haven't seen since the pandemic, right? Because I have gone back home, but only to see, like, my parents. So I'm actually going to go to the city of Sudbury this time, see some friends, hopefully. And it's going to be a lot of fun. Like, I'm very, I'm looking very much forward to it. When you're up there, try not to blow up any police stations. <laughs> I promise nothing. <laughs> and this is now evidence. <laughs> Maddie K9 blowing oh. all kinds of things up. No, I promise to not. I I hereby vow to not explode the Sudbury police station like Johnny K9 did. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, it's funny. I was actually going to ask you if you were going to go up to Sudbury for your birthday because I know it's uh, mid-July. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's great to hear, man. Yeah, it's generally what I what I like to do. I like to uh I like to go home for the old the old birthday. 
Yep, yep, I hear ya. I hear ya. So that that's awesome. It's 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 it's, it's man. I wish I had a summer birthday. It's not so bad, man, because, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Like, you know what I mean? I've gone to many Jays games. I've done all kinds of, like, you know, beach days, whatever the fuck. I like, don't, it's, it's pretty sweet, I man. I can't do any of that, man. No Jays. No, ho- like, there's there's hockey. The fuck cares about hockey? Um, <laughs> and <laughs> everyone hates me now. Uh, no, I'm joking. Um, basketball. I've done a basketball game. That was fun. But it's hard That's to cool. do a group now for a basketball game. Impossible to do a group for hockey. It's usually a uno on uno type of thing, right? Like, so it's 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 kind of it's kind of shitty. One year uh, when the Raptors were were super shite, uh, we're talking like 2000. I think it was for my 19. It was my 19th birthday. I remember this because I got smashed right after. Uh, I got. I don't even know. I think it was like 20 Sprite Zone Raptor tickets, and just me and like 19 of my closest people. That's insane. That's a, that. That sounds like a lot of fun, though, man. How, how did you afford that, though? Um, sprite sprite zone isn't the worst they were but... 10 bucks they were 10 bucks yeah yeah it's not yeah. that's not so bad yeah, yeah it wasn't so okay. bad and and everyone yeah. like i like all i did was pay for the tickets basically the rest of the night was like like people were just awesome enough to to get me drinks at the acc you know back then they were like 10 or 12 bucks not even i think they were 10 bucks each uh so yeah not the 15 that they are nowadays yeah, do you remember when ten dollars for a drink at, at the arena was like aggressive and like nonsense, not standard fare everywhere? Yeah. Now it's like closer to twenty if you want like you know real beer, craft beer, yeah, exactly. not oh, bullshit yeah. Budweiser or whatever. Yeah, good tall boy at any professional sporting event in Canada will will cost you an arm and a leg. Yeah, so I guess short story long. I wish I had a summer birthday, but you know I've always I've always it's a good been lucky. life, Boris. <laughs> I've always been lucky where I've been able to kind of do stuff. Uh, Like, you know, I don't actually, this is going to sound weird, and I hope people understand what I mean, but this is kind of like an oxymoron. I don't actually care about my birthday, but I like doing something for my birthday. Yeah, I kind of know what you mean. Like, I'm not really one to super celebrate it, but I do like to be, like, in front of, or around friends and family, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and, and like, yeah, like the, the summer, the, the summer whole vibe is so nice. It's it, my birthday is like right in the middle of July, usually around the time when the all-star game in baseball is. And it's just like, it's perfect for a barbecue. Perfect for a, a nice little beach day. Like start drinking at noon, pass out at six. Like it's a, yeah, man, yeah. it's a sweet deal. It's a, this, this life thing, buddy. It's good. It's yeah, a good, man. It's a it good gig. It could be good sometimes. It could be good sometimes. But yeah, you know, I, I, I've told you in private, but I'm, th- I'm I'm thinking more and more and more and more and more and more this year around my birthday, around then. That doesn't give me too much time, but I'm going to try my hands at stand-up. I've been wanting to do like, It's been something that I know I can do. It's been something that, you know, it, it, it's, it, I've been fixated on for years, and this is like pre-pandemic, right? That's why I say years. Uh, but it's something that I, I think I, I just, just, just once, just to say I did it, just to say I tried it, just to say I got a hearty horror horror from at least myself. That's it. <laughs> oh man, it's a lot of fun. You can do it. I'm sure you can do it. Just like yeah, don't wing it. Uh, that would be my advice. Right? Well, of course. Material. 
practice your written material. If you think, well, I'm a funny person, I'll just get up there and wing no. it, which is the yeah. mistake that I made the first couple times I did it. That's it will go poorly. It will go poorly. Like, but if you write material and you practice it and you, you stumble upon some good jokes and you hone those jokes and you eventually get some kind of, you know what I mean? So like your first few will be disasters, probably even with material, but write material and go to an open mic, buddy. I'll, I'll, I support you. I'll go with you for sure. That'd be a ton of fun, man. I would, you, we should honestly do that, man. I would get all the material out of my own love life. We know this. Like <laughs> I, I got gold there, Matt, gold. <laughs> You don't mind wherever it can come, buddy. I'm I'm for it. (laughs) All right. I think we've, uh, you know, tried to burn enough time. We have tons to go through. We have three shows, and we're going to start with NXT UK. This is so weird. Each... And every week, we call this the best hour of WWE TV. But Matt, you know, I've been thinking about this all day. Basic, well, for the past hour and a half since NXT ended. And I think that the best match that we're going to talk about isn't in NXT UK. Isn't in NXT. Oh, I see where you're going with this. I think the best match of the week might have been the main event of NXT Level Up, the best match in the history of that show by a wide margin. But yep. uh, we'll we'll get into we'll get into it. I actually did like I did like the main event. I did think overall the main event of this NXT UK show was probably the best match on our podcast. But I, I'm willing to hear the argument. And the uh, the main event of Level Up shockingly good. Yep. Okay. Here's the thing, Matt. What, what day was it? Was it? It was Thursday night, right? Like after NXT UK aired where you're like, did you see the spoilers? Yes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Because I, yeah, I, I didn't. I was right after it was taped. I actually saw the spoilers right away and I didn't believe them. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you see a spoiler, oftentimes you won't question it. This one, I, I saw it a second source. But no, it, it was true. It actually happened. And yep. uh, let's get into it, Boris, because yep. they, it would play into both of our NXT programs. Exactly. Not exactly. All right, here we go. The first match was my homegirl, my heart, my everything, Isla Dawn versus Myla Grace. Yeah, Isla v. Myla. Uh, not not the best wrestling match you'll ever see. No. Nope. Uh, Isla Isla's a better character than she is a wrestler, but she's a she's a good character. She's all right. She's not terrible in there. Isla Dawn wins in five minutes and five seconds with her half Nelson slam thingy. Yeah, this was exactly. I agree with you. Isla Dawn. I don't know. She's. I've seen better matches. I've seen a better streak from her. I don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe the, her character work is just that much better that we kind of just didn't notice it. But I feel like she wrestles to her opponent's levels. Yeah, that's a really good call. Uh, so that's what I was going to say. A big part of it is that she was working with Miko Satamura, and now she's working with Myla Grace. That's yep. that's uh, that's the difference there. Uh, yep. I do want to touch on, too, before we move to the first segment of this show was uh, Ashton Smith and Oliver Carter relinquishing the tag team titles, and it was a really good promo by both guys. So I just thought that was worth 
uh, checking out. If you're an NXT UK fan, it is worth your time to watch the opening segment where the tag team champions relinquish the tag team titles to the main event, setting up a fatal four-way tag team match in the main event for the vacant titles. Yeah, sorry about that. This was I no actually worries. moved this to right under this match for some reason. I do have WTF is going on. Intel expressed better not actually win. Yada yada <laughs> oh, <no>. yada. yada. <laughs> All right. Uh, so then after this, oh Noam Dar, I fucking love this guy. Noam Dar is the best. Noam Dar walks into Sid Scala's office. Uh, he's got he's got the NXT uh, Heritage Cup. Puts it down on the desk, basically says that he's cleaned out the division. So, you know what? It's time for him to retire. So, he thanks Sid Scala for everything. But wait, actually, if you give me one more match, Sid, I'm thinking giant stadium, fans sold out, chanting my name, no Amtar. One more match. Please don't go. So, he, without Sid Scala ever saying a word, he sets up this fantastic scenario of an entire stadium chanting his name, tells Scala to get on it book a stadium, book his final match, and double his pay. And he walks out. God, I love Noam Dar. Noam Dar is the best. He's the best wrestler on earth. All right. I got to ask you, what do you think NXT UK's participation is going to be uh, for Clash at the Battle weekend? Will they have an NXT show, or are they going to be part of the actual card? Hmm. No, they're not going to do an NXT show at the stadium. They're going to have two or three matches on a 14, 15 match card, you know, yeah. like maybe not 14, 15, but like 12, 13, and they'll have two or three matches. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's where we're going. I think they heavily teased it here. It would yeah. be disappointing almost if Noam Dyer doesn't wrestle on that show now. Agreed. Agreed 100%. And like I say, especially uh, the Tyler Bay Trent 7 payoff, that match should happen in a stadium. Absolutely. I love where your head's at. So Noam Dar versus the best Welsh wrestler they could find. Probably Mark Andrews, I believe, right? Yeah, He's Welsh. Um, I believe he is. I believe he is. So, yeah, he can win the Heritage Cup. That's great. And then you also do Trent Seven, Tyler Bate. Boom. Bob's your uncle. And then Maybe you- if you were feeling frisky, you could get the, the new tag team champions to drop those belts on this show, too. Yep. All right. We got a video recap of Trent Seven uh, doing his heel thing on Tyler Bate. And then I absolutely loved this Kenny Williams uh, promo. It it, it was a great promo because not only did it move the story forward, but it kind of caught you up to the whole Tiger Terran Kenny Williams uh, feud that's going on with Kenny Williams essentially going crazy because Tiger Terran has been tormenting the kid for so long. Now, What I do like is that they've moved on from the fact that we know that this is actually happening and we're not seeing visions of Kenny Williams' head on TV because that's kind of what they were teasing at originally. Yeah, and that's – I like it. I like exactly what you said. This was – it, it's become clear that that was just an artistic choice by WWE. It was a stylistic thing. This is not spooky magic. It's a real thing happening in front of our eyes. And I think, like I said before, I think the payoff is going to be that Tiger Turan is a group of people. He's not just one person. It's going to be three masked wrestlers. I don't think they're all going to be from Kenny's past. Definitely Amir Johnson is, or sorry, Amir Jordan. And I think he's going to add maybe a tag team. And there you go. That would be really cool. All right, we get a Blair Davenport promo. She's coming back in a couple days. I like it. Blair, uh, Mrs. Will Osprey, uh, you're definitely here for some Blair Davenport. 
Yep. All right. The second match of the night was Sarai versus Nina Samuels. So good match. Definitely better than the first. Sarai, Sarai is an excellent worker. Nina Samuels is okay. She's she's pretty good. She definitely can hang with a Sarai. Uh, I I was hoping that they would kind of tone down the character a little bit, but no, she's full on Sailor Moon Power Ranger still. So that's just Sarai. So that sucks. I feel bad for her on that front because that character sucks and is borderline racist. The wrestler, incredible. Very, yep. very talented. All right. This leads us. So Sarai ends up winning. Uh, she she does her exploder suplex. Uh, how many crumpets would you give this match? Yes. Uh, first match, two Guinnesses out of five. This match, three Guinnesses out of five. All right. And this leads us straight into a promo. So we see Sarai walking through the back. And then we see a confrontation with Zaya Brookside. And essentially, Miko Satamora comes to the aid of Sarai. So it looks like we're going to be getting a tag team match. It just, it, this made Sarai look weak, is it what did. it did. It just it did. Liter literally, Zaya Brookside and Eliza Alexander were intimidating, bullying Sarai. It looked like they were about to attack her. And Miko Satamora, principal, teacher, walks by, and the mean girls run away. Way. So I, I get that she is she is the final boss. She is Bowser out here. So I guess everyone should fear her. But at the same time, I, they they made Saray look weaker than I think she needed to. Yep, exactly. Um, we'll see exactly. I I didn't like it, but at the same time, I like the pairing. It just again Sarai, considering how they booked Asuka, considering how they booked. Remember Io Shirai? Uh, it's <laughs> It's it's a it's a shame, right? Yeah, but maybe maybe it's just going to be a, a good tag team for a couple weeks, eventually leading to Sarai versus Miko Satomura, which will rule. That will be an awesome match if and when we get there. Yeah. All right. And the third match was the aforementioned four way elimination match for the vacated WWE NXT UK Tag Team Championship. We have the Incel Express. Josh Briggs and Brooks <laughs> Jensen versus D Familia versus Mark Andrews and Wild Boar versus Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars. So the three Jack Stars, the three stars, ZZZ, of this match. Bronze, number three, the third star. Jack Stars. I thought he was fabulous in this match. The second star of this match, star number two, Charlie Dempsey. On the outside, suplexing motherfuckers. He was better than almost everyone in this match. Boris, the best wrestler in this match was your boy, Josh Briggs, with a breakout performance. Yep. He blew me away Dude, in this match. He I was selling his ass good. off. He the the offense. He he would literally was like holding the match together at the end, like storyline wise, and I think just in general, working wise. This man, this was the performance of Josh Briggs's career breakout performance from this guy. I'm very, very impressed with Josh yeah. Briggs in this match. I told you, right? Like last year during the breakout tournament, he was my pick. His work in Evolve and in the Indies was just like awesome. So seeing him in 2.0 with Brooks has just been so disappointing. But seeing this match was just so good. That's my note number one. Note number two, I hate to say this just because I, I hate being that guy. I'm usually not that guy, but I'm going to be that guy this time. When is Dempsey's contract over? <laughs> Blackpool Combat Club or death? No, I think I think actually this whole thing really seems like 
DFME is going to challenge Brooks and Jensen on the main roster. I think that's going to be the ticket to Charlie Dempsey coming up, right? Like on the yeah. NXT 2.0 roster. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking the same, but man, Charlie Dempsey is just so good. Even in He's a managerial amazing. role, you know, they he whoop, he whipped out his manager's license for a night, but it was still whooping <laughs> ass. Man, he's the best wrestler as a manager in this match, <laughs> basically, other than Josh Briggs, who was in it for literally the entire 18 minutes and 18 seconds that it went. Yeah, he, he was basically there the entire match. It was absolutely insane. This match was great. Honestly, I really did enjoy this match uh, for what it was. They did give this match a lot of time. And Briggs, Josh Briggs, man, he 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 basically was in the ring the entire time. He, he took everyone on except for his tag team partner. Yeah, basically, indeed. So, yeah, it is a fatal four-way tag team elimination match. Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs versus Dave Mastiff and Jack Stars versus Mandrews, the Welshman, Mark Andrews, and Wild Boar, his tag team partner, and DFME of Teoman and Rohan Raja. So about nine minutes, nine and a half minutes in, Stars pins your boy, Welshman, Haskins, or sorry, no, no, uh, uh, Andrews. Andrews. Yes, with the old uh, small package. Then at 12-ish minutes... There is the Seek and Destroy on Mastiff, which knocks him to his knees. And then a second Seek and Destroy. That's Rohan Raja's finishing move. It's like the uh, the old complete shot. The old, uh, what? there's so many names for that. Flatliner yeah. is another name for it. Anyway, so yeah, at about 12 minutes, DFME eliminates the big boy and the small boy, Mastiff and Stars. So that leaves DFME and Briggs and Jensen. And the whole story is that like Briggs is the better wrestler than Jensen. Jensen is the scrappy young kid who just wants to, you know, he's a little brother. He's the little dog. He just wants to make Briggs proud. But Briggs has had the shit beaten out of him this entire time. So Briggs has to tag Jensen. And then Jensen kind of has to keep him afloat while Briggs heals up, while the energy bar gets back to green so Briggs can come back in and win this match. I actually like the story they were telling here. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly, you, you said it the best humanly way possible. Uh, and and yeah, like Jensen and uh, he hits, he starts hitting discus punches on everyone. He tags in Briggs. Uh, Briggs and Jensen kick Defamily off the apron. Briggs and Jensen connect with the running lariat leg sweep combo for the win. That was it. Fallon Henley comes into the ring. We have new WWE NXT UK tag team champions, Incel Express, Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen. Yeah, and a breakout performance for Josh Briggs, like we said. So all things considered, I thought, very good match. I'll give it a B-plus, three-and-three-quarter uh, Guinnesses out of five for this one, Boris. I thought it was uh, pretty dang good. Yep, agreed 100% with you. All right, so that was NXT UK. Are you ready to level up a bit? Oh, let's do it. So it's kind of funny. Just because we are going chronological order. But, like I said, this week's Level Up had possibly the best match of the week from the NXT brand. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see we'll see, we'll see see what we thought of the rest of the show. Um, so, again, it was pretty, uh, pretty simple show. Um, Nigel McGuinness and uh, Sudu Shaw were on commentary. Uh, the first match was Quincy Elliott versus Bryson Montana. 
Yes. So we've seen both of these people in NXT before just for cups of coffee. Quincy Elliott is big, big man. He's a uh, Yokozuna type Pokemon. He is a Viscera type Pokemon. Doesn't Bryson Montana remind you of Powerhouse Hobbs? Oh, big time. Good call. Bryson Montana is the guy who sometimes wears a bulletproof vest around NXT. He's worn the bulletproof vest to the ring. That's his uh, entrance gear. So, yeah. Uh, Big man Quincy Elliott versus the poor man's powerhouse Hobbs, Bryson Montana. Yeah, here's the thing. Quincy Elliott, man, I see so much of Viscera, Mabel, whatever you want to call him. Yeah, a lot of viscera there. You can definitely see he's the new vis. He's a there's a lot of funkasaurus in him. Yep. He's the a lot of a lot of rikishi in him. He's the dancing fat guy du jour. Yep, yep. Bryson Montana. Honestly, I really hope that they get this guy on the NXT regular roster because I do see a lot from him. He's strong. He's athletic. I think he's actually pretty good. He doesn't get the win here. Big splash from Elliot in the corner for the win. Quincy Elliott gets this win. Yes, the Brett's rope big splash for Quincy Elliott uh, to to defeat Bryson Montana. My opinion, an upset. I thought Bulletproof Vest was going to win for sure. Same here. All right, next match. Kiana James versus, I love this name because you have to enunciate so you don't say brawler, (laughs) Brooklyn Barlow. The Brooklyn Barlow. I fucking love it. It's so good. (laughs) Like, you know I'm going to be calling this person Brooklyn Brawler so much. I feel sorry for her. She is officially on this podcast, the Brooklyn Barlow. From now on, she must be. Yeah, so Kiana James getting a push. Librarian librarian heel. The Stacey Stacey Keebler character, Miss Hancock 2.0. Oh, so many jokes. I don't know which one to use. None. No, honestly. Um, Kiana James is super, super fun to watch as an entertainer. She's she's improving. She's like she's uh, already in the in the few matches, what, four or five we've seen. She looks way more comfortable, way more comfortable. Yep. And I, I'm pretty sure a lot of this has to do with the fact that they are touring again, because even on tonight's show, you saw some some improvement from some people. Anyways, Kiana James wins with a face buster. Yeah, so again, like uh, the first two matches were below average, like two-ish probably stars. But Keanu James, you can see, improving in front of our eyes. Good for her. Yep. All right, the main event, Ike Jiro versus Ru Feng in the main event. The first match that I've seen on uh, Level Up that I would say is a good match, for sure. If you're ever going to watch a single match in the history of Level Up, watch every Ariana Grace match and then this one. <laughs> Pretty much. This one is great. Uh, Eichmann Jiro was basically getting his ass kicked throughout the entire match. I guess that's, I guess that's his shtick, right? He's kind of like the the Japanese one, two, three kid or something. I love it. Yeah, except uh, with a little more comedy in there. He's got his he's got his jacket. He's got a little bit of little bit of joking spots. But this was more of a serious Eichmann Jiro, and that's why the match was so good. Yep. And uh, like you said, Ru Fang took like. 70, 75% of it, beat the crap out of this man. But then Ikamajiro made a really good comeback and won. Basic formula, but just a very good match, good work. And Jiro carried Fang here. He, like, really made him look good. Yep. Sold his ass off for this man. Yeah, this one is a very fun match. Uh, Ikman wins with the Ikman slice for the win. Yes, sir. So, yeah, I would say safely three, three and a half, maybe even. I was going to go three and a half, solid B for Ikamajiro and Rufang there on NXT Level Up. Yep. So that was NXT Level Up. 
you know, half decent show. Let us talk about the, I guess, go home show for Great American Bash. I suppose so. Yeah, the go home show for Great American Bash, uh, July fifth. Gonna be a gonna be a good one. Gonna be yep. a good one. This show wasn't. It was it was uh, the one that it was just getting us from point A to point B. It was a little boring, but it was okay. There was some good stuff on it. Exactly. But you know, gotta hit the bump before we do that. It's funny. I gotta say, I was trying to look for what good song we can use. So I just took the NXT uh, Takeover Toronto 2 theme. Love some Slipknot. Oh. Love some NXT old school music. That's what we're using at least this week. Uh, trying to find something a little, you know, something that we can use, something a little fun. I like these little th- stuff. That's that's nice, man. Yeah, if we do keep this format, we're going to need an entrance music for NXT, and that's what I suggest. Let's use all the old NXT songs. We got Coheed and Cambria. We got Wild and Young, the worst song ever. I love it. Yep. Uh, and throw in some poppy in there. <laughs> all of the poppy hits. All the poppy. So all, all, all one of them? <laughs> yes. All of the poppy hit. Yes. <laughs> All right, so the show kicks off. We get the opening match right away, and it's Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez versus Katana Chance, Caden Carter. The winner gets to face Toxic Attraction at Great American Bash. Toxic Attraction is in their Toxic Lounge balcony. I really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I mean, it was a a good, not great match. Uh, Roxanne Perez, a great wrestler. I would not say anyone else in this match is great yet. I would say Roxanne's already great. She is looking amazing in the ring. She looks like she belongs and then some. But I have to say, Cora Jade is improving tremendously fast right now. Big time. You know what? You know what? A big thing with uh, with with very young wrestlers, and if you see an indie show, it's confidence in their offense. Yes, it's like them believing that now it's time and they have moves that look good that the fans react to. And we didn't see a lot of confidence in offense until this moment. Like Cora Jade was in there kicking some ass, throwing some hard knees, doing some shit. Like she didn't look like a scared indie wrestler. She looked like she was ready to fight people. Right. And and win. And that's you, you hit the nail on the head because that's what Roxanne Perez already has. She has that confidence that like I belong and I'm going to actually Make it look like I'm going to kick your ass. And that's what Roxanne Perez already has. That's a Cora Jade show tonight. And I got to say, like, even her her arm drags were looking better. Her running knees to the face when they're leaning on the ropes, they looked so much better than they usually do. I really enjoyed Cora Jade's offense here. And having said that, Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, they're looking pretty good too. Uh, Katana Chance, Casey Catanzaro, incredible athlete, arguably one of the greatest athletes they've ever assigned in the women's division. Like it's her, it's lash legend, Charlotte flair. You could argue too, is an incredible athlete. Bianca Belair is probably the best, but Katana chances in terms of pure athleticism for like pound for pound to her speed, her, her, she does things that no one, no one in this company can do except for her. And that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. when you have a wrestler on that, on your roster who can do something like that. And, and I'm going to give this match a little extra credit because throughout the match, 
uh, Chance and uh, Carter were acting like the heels, and this literally fed right into a promo later on where they're really, 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 really hinting at the heel turn for Ch- uh, Chance and Carter. I think that's a mistake, but you're right. You're completely right. What you said is not the mistake. Their decision is the mistake. You're bang on about it. I don't get it. I wouldn't do it, but that seems to be the case. I have, well, we'll talk about it when we talk about the Great American Bash, but I have a feeling that there's going to be a couple empty spots for female heels moving forward. By God right. almighty. Although we've we've been calling that for a little bit. but you I'm going to call it every special show <laughs> just so that when it happens, I can bury Horowitz myself. Uh, there you go. That's the way to do it, buddy. So right. yeah, I would say at least, at least, or oh, did we get to the finish yet? No, not yet. I, literally where All I'm right. going, Suprez got tagged in. She got taken out by a form. Um, Chance wasn't on the apron but she got there uh there's a little miscommunication there that's that's really the only part where i was like hey which is not bad for nxt 2.0 chancer carter went for their finisher jade dragged carter away perez hit chance with the pop rocks the code red for the win at 13 minutes 45 seconds to become the number one contenders to the nxt women's tag team championship Yes, sir. The pop rocks, the code red, the sunset flip bomb. So, yes, Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade, number one contenders, and Roxanne did not have to use her free shot for winning the tournament. Exactly. I was gonna I was gonna note that the commentators may are making a huge deal of the fact that she still has a contract for a title opportunity, as they say in WWE, and um, that she earned this one. So that was kind of cool about the commentators. Now, uh, my one nitpick has nothing to do about the match. Why the f was the crowd dead for this match? Yeah, the crowd was really sitting on their hands. I, I, you could argue that they were, you know, into the match. They were being respectful and and watching it. But yeah, it really seemed like it wasn't, especially at the start of the show, wasn't the hot crowd that we've come to expect from NXT even even now, even in 2.0. But maybe part of that was level up sucked. You know, what was the last couple matches they've seen? Who knows? But uh, I did think it wasn't the worst crowd overall. They got into a lot of stuff, but they were dead here. I agree. Yeah. All right. So how would you rate this match? Uh, Well, as we'll touch on later, we saw a man uh, drowned and murdered on this show, question mark. So I would go three cement shoes out of five for this one, Boris. Yep. All right. Joe Gacy and the grizzled young bathrobe druids walks up to the Creed <laughs> brothers and Ivy Nile. They try to recruit the Creeds to the dyad. Uh, Julius said that he's not sipping the Kool-Aid. Kind of like that reference, and Diamond Mine was forever. Roderick Strong shows up, calls Gacy an idiot. Gacy ended up challenging the Diamond Mine to a match, so it's Diamond on. Yeah, I actually like this Diamond Mine Shades of Grey. I don't think this is confusing, uh, like, bad guys, good guys mixing for the sake of it. I think this is very clear. Everyone in Diamond Mine is well no the creed brothers and ivy nile hardcore baby faces hard working strong athletes they just want to win roderick strong dickhead coach he's been a heel he never turned baby face he's always been a heel we can expect roderick strong to be a heel we don't trust roderick damon kemp we don't know he's too young roderick strong is time is trying to poison his mind but damon kemp also might be just a just a good hard working athlete i actually think this is really intriguing i actually 
I kind of dig this angle a lot, this diamond mine right now. Yep. Uh, the answer to Cesaro leaving, Giovanni Vinci makes his weird photo camera effect <laughs> entrance. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, it's so cheesy. It is extremely cheesy. It's very cheesy. It's it's like, I'm surprised they didn't do this for Rick the Model Martel way back in the day. I'm sure if if they would have thought of it, they would have. But I, I don't know. It's working for Giovanni. He needed a little something, and this is it. Yep. All right. But before the match, the hardest working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Toxic Attraction about Jaden Perez becoming number one contenders to the tag team titles. Jaden Dolan trash talked Jaden Perez. Rose said that Perez better not be saving her title shot for the women's title. This is when Nikita Lyons shows up saying that Perez might not even have the title shot if she wasn't injured. Uh, Rose trash talks Lyons. We get a match later on the show and i was trying to make a joke but it's too easy <laughs> oh, low hanging fruit uh, i got you buddy this is the thirstiest match in the history of wrestling not since fully low 1998 bikini contest not since miss kitty was out there flashing people randomly in a pool have we seen a match this thirsty mandy versus nikita let's go yep all right second <laughs> match of the night giovanni vinci versus ikman jiro uh, okay, this this was not the competitive match that the roof. So, like you said, Ikemenjiro's entire thing is just getting squashed. But you either get squashed seventy five percent, and then he wins, or he gets squashed one hundred percent, and he loses. Guess which one this was? Hundred percent, and he loses. <laughs> yes, sir. Although it was it was an excellent squash. He, uh, Vinci hit a DDT. A tornado DDT that got a holy shit chant. How many tornado DDTs do we see? He got a holy shit chant. His finisher is the Kota Ibushi sit out last ride. It, he's, it looks like he's killed two men in a row with this finisher. <laughs> there are two fatalities from this finisher. Yep. Back to back weeks. Three minutes. That's all it took for Ikemen Jiro to, to lose and Giovanni Vinci to continue his undefeated streak. So in terms of in-ring action, this was not the best match on the show. It was it was not the best match on our podcast. In terms of what I enjoyed watching the most, my favorite thing by far, Giovanni Vinci destroying Hickamanjiro this week, beating the crap out of this man. It was great. I loved it. I'm going to go three and three quarters for this one, too. Fully biased. I don't care. This was an excellent squash match. And I love when the Italian Giovanni Vinci said there is no great American batch without him. Uh, ironically, I don't think he's on the great American batch <laughs> card. Yeah, that's the funniest part. <laughs> he needs a manager. That's what he needs. Uh, well, give him time. Give him time. Because I actually, he's he's. He cut a promo last week for like five seconds. It was okay. We we don't know yet if he needs a manager. I think you might be right, but give him some time to sink or swim on his own first, in my opinion. Exactly. All right. We see highlights of Briggs and Jensen somehow winning the tag team titles from <laughs> NXT UK. Uh, Inexplicably. Inexplicably, exactly. Josh Briggs, Brooke Jensen, and Fallon Henley are walking to the ring as we head to commercial. Back from commercial, the hardest working reporter and all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, interviews Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams about their win last week. Melo gloats about being the A champion. 
This is when Grayson Waller shows up with a random basketball and a bunch of 8x10s and a bunch of pieces of paper. He was sucking up to Mello and Trick, sucking up so much so that uh, Mello and Trick weren't paying attention to anything they were doing because they love being told how great they are. Waller asked Mello to sign his basketball. He said he'll do it because Waller took care of Solo. Waller made Mello sign a bunch of photos, a t-shirt, papers, etc., 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 and uh, Mello and Trick said that that Waller is a good guy, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, this was this paid off later, but this was pretty funny. And it was clear that Grayson had something cooking up here. But for now, these guys are just signing basketballs and photos and random papers. Yeah. Intel Express comes out. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> No, no, I was just, I, I liked, I I actually quite enjoyed that heel versus heel, yeah. he, out trying to out heel each other and the, especially the way it play, uh, paid off. Again, so like you said, your boys, the Intel Express, they show up and once again, we see just Josh Briggs just outclassing Brooks Jensen. Yeah. Josh, yeah, Brooks is so good. Uh, no, sorry, Briggs is so good. Brooks needs help so badly, but you know what, whatever. At this point... They're champs. We'll see where this goes. They did some talking. They said that uh, uh, Brooks said he's proud of um, Briggs said he's proud of Brooks. Phil and Henley said it was time to drink some more beers. They were interrupted by pretty deadly Kit Wilson and Elton Prince. Prince said that he and Wilson are delicious snacks and they made the tag titles relevant. They said the titles are not around the waste of trash. Uh, they said they're going to give Pretty Deadly an Alabama ass kicking. That's what Briggs said. Wilson did a Alabama Crimson title tie chant comedically. Uh, Pretty Deadly gloated in the ring about their tag team accolades with their yes boy catchphrase. Uh, Briggs said that Pretty Deadly looked like Zoolander. Briggs then said they could have a match against Pretty Deadly. This led to a brawl. Uh, Briggs gave Kit an atomic drop while Henley slapped him. Jensen put Prince on the apron so he and Briggs could punch him off. Country boys celebrate and still are virgins. <laughs> well, to be fair, only Brooks Jensen is. I think it's implied that Josh Briggs fucks. <laughs> I love that term. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh I, this God. was this was like this was weird ish. It was not what I was expecting, but it's a pretty good direction for the NXT UK yes. champions to take, I suppose. Like they might as well wrestle pretty deadly, I suppose. Why not? And then I think this is probably going to lead to pretty deadly winning the titles at some point, maybe not next week, but at some point. And then they will be the ones to go back to the UK and lose them to Smith and Carter. That would be a horrible career trajectory for them. You know, they get the big call up to NXT. Or the, you know, called across the pond, I should say. Yeah. Getting a good opportunity here in NXT. They already won the tag team titles here. Uh, they're looking pretty good. People seem to be catching on with them. Then they kind of get a sideways demotion back for a little bit. That would suck for them, in my opinion. Uh yeah, I understand looking at it like that, but I think it would it would more be mop up duty. You know what I mean? I don't think it would be a sideways demotion as much as them just kind of 
they would win the titles in this scenario and then just like yeah i guess i know what you're saying but it, it's it's not like it's not because of them or their talent it's just yeah. because of circumstance in the division right so i you're right though i guess you're right yeah at the end true. of the day it's you know there's they're gonna be yeah we'll see what happens but it would it, would, yeah. it yeah. i wouldn't it's not something i would lose a wink of sleep over though although you're right i I, I don't think it's long term gonna it should be anything they would worry about, right? Yeah, exactly. Katata Chance, Caden Carter are shown looking yeah. salty as f, as the kids salty. say. Salty, salty. Absolutely, absolutely. They were like you said, kind of lean and heel here. Uh, Tatum Paxley uh, says something. Uh, Carter got in her face. Uh, thinking she was looking at them the wrong way. Paxley said Carter didn't have to snap at her just because they lost the match. Chance and Carter kind of look at each other like two good heels would. Yeah, exactly. Caden uh, Carter with the crazy super neon turquoise uh, contacts in. Kind of looking evil. Kind of had some evil eyes going, some evil avatar eyes. Yep. Indy Hartwell. I don't think there's anyone on the roster in this point I feel so bad for. Yeah, she is lost in the shuffle right now. Turned into the new Dakota Kai. Yeah, big time. And she had so much potential. Not that she doesn't still have that potential, but just like she's lost right now. She's got nothing to do. A year ago, it just seemed like she would be in the main roster and wrestling for titles soon. She was like this big, huge, pushed, talented uh, wrestler. And now she just seems like, yeah, she just seems like she's lost all her confidence, literally losing on TV all the time now. Crazy. Yep. This week, who did she lose to? She lost to Kiana James. Uh, this match was pretty short, three minutes, 50 seconds. Hartwell gave James strikes. Uh, she was selling a gut injury. Hartwell hit James with a face wash boot uh for a two count hartwell then crashed and burned off her slingshot elbow drop uh james rolled up hartwell with feet on the bottom ropes for leverage for the win so not entirely a clean win but a win nonetheless for keanu james yeah pretty bad match if you wanted to be generous you could call it uh two cement shoes out of five well, let's give it two cement shoes keanu james is, is improving she's working hard but yeah a bad match worse than the show yep all right Let's go to cinematic mode on your camera and your TV <laughs> sets because it's time for AOAO Gaba Gruel. Tony D'Angelo and Channing stacks Lorenzo. They're standing over a bridge. D'Angelo said that two dimes went after his heart, and now he's sleeping with the fishes because he tried to be the dawn of NXT. D'Angelo threw two dimes gold watch into the river. This is when Santos Escobar calls Tony D'Angelo on the phone and was just laughing at him, making fun of the fact that he didn't win the North American title. Uh, D'Angelo hangs up the phone, throws it in the river as well. And that was that. So the only thing I hate about this angle is Tony D'Angelo is an idiot forever trusting Santos. Like, obviously, Santos and Legato were going to turn on you at the first drop of a hat. They should have done something. I don't know. It just kind of feels like poor storytelling and unsatisfying that Tony just just expected Santos to now work with him. You know what I mean? Other than that, I did kind of, I, I always like Tony D'Angelo's work when he speaks. He's a really good promo. I like the cheesy, like, Godfather style, like, slow clarinet playing under this thing. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, this was this was good pro wrestling cheese yep. right here. Exactly. That's, that's exactly the way that I saw it. And there was nothing 
overly wrong with this outside of some obvious logic. But it's wrestling. It is wrestling. Let's go yeah, to Wesley. It, it, I, I think it makes sense that Santos would turn on him. It just makes Tony look like a complete yeah. fucking idiot, which sucks. Yep. Wesley cuts a promo about how Trick Williams ruined a moment where he was bearing his soul. Lee said that Trick sees wearing uh, your heart on your sleeve as a weakness, but Lee sees it as a strength. He hypes up beating Trick Williams next week at the Gab. Yep, good promo. I thought he needed to cut this exact promo too. Like tears, you know, real men cry, Boris, that kind of thing. So I, I don't know if I'd make it his whole character, if I'd make him a blubbering idiot, but it's okay to show some sensitivity in times of trouble and times of peril. And, uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't make you a weak. And Wesley, I hope he beats Trick Williams and challenges for the North American title. Yeah, agreed. I, th- I hope that's the direction that they go with this. I'm digging Wesley. We always said that Wesley had so much potential. He's been given promo time. I think his promos are good enough and to good. So let's let's see where we can go with Wesley. Yeah, last week's promo was excellent. Now, like he's he's mostly just been a guy, but last week's promo was awesome work, and I think he's kind of on the map again. Yeah. All right. Diamond Mind, Roderick Strong, Brutus Creed, and Julius Creed, uh, with Ivy Nile and Damon Kemp versus Joe Gacy and the Grizzled Young Red Druids. I feel so bad for these men, these grizzled young veterans, allegedly in the in the costumes. Man, it must be so hot. Like Brutus Creed is sweating his balls off wrestling just in his gear. Boris, I'm sweating my balls off just doing this podcast. Could you imagine working in a studio under those lights in Florida with all those screaming Floridians? It must be so hot in those dumb fucking garbs. Man, a poor dyad. They were draped in velour like Zap Brannigan on Futurama or something. What the fuck is Or George this? Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> Just velvet everywhere. Okay, so this is what I hate the most about these matches. Which one is which? Well, that's the thing, Boris. As we saw in the finish, twin magic is happening with this dyad. Yeah, all right. So let's just get to the... Uh, it, what do you want to highlight in this match? Uh, well, we're supposed to... The, the story is that the Diamond Mind would would have wanted had Roderick Strong's bullying and bad coaching at this point not gotten in the way. Roderick Strong is getting selfish and he's becoming a dick and his interests are taking over the interests of the Diamond Mind. That's yeah. the story of this match. Yeah. So Julius hit Dyad number one with a tornado gut wrench suplex. Strong then tags himself in. Uh, Julius looks pretty pissed. He nails Dyad number one with a knee. While Strong and Julius were bickering, Gacy tried to hit Strong with his uh, handstand lariat finisher. Brutus saw it coming, gave Gacy a pounce. Uh, then we got the twin magic with the Dyad members. The Dyad dumped the creeds to ringside. Dyad gave Strong a draping double team DDT. For the win in 13 minutes, 56 seconds, your winners, Joe Gacy and the Grizzled Young Druids. Yes, I like this finisher. It sets up like the magic killer, like the the assisted vertical suplex with the opponent's feet on the other tag partner's shoulders. And then from that position, they just drop it into a DDT. looks brutal. looks like a a devastating tag team finisher. I like it. Yep. Uh, How would you rate this match, my friend? Uh, this is, yeah, it was, it was good. I liked the storytelling. I liked the action. Three cement shoes out of five, buddy. Yep. 
All right, the hardest working reporter in all professional wrestling informs Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams that Melo now has Melo now has to defend his title against Grayson Waller next week at the Gab because Melo signed the match contract. Melo said he never did such a thing. McKenzie noted that Melo signed it when he was signing Waller's merch. Trick and Melo talk about how they were tricked. Yeah, so again, it sucks to make your characters look like idiots. Although, Melo is a heel. It's kind of okay to make your heels look like idiots. Okay. It does was two he, heels out healing each other. So does he look ah, like this? An this one worked because it's it, like okay. So similar to how Carmelo Hayes called his shot at uh, Stand and Deliver and and, and yes. wanted to face five guys. Similar to that, his ego got in the way, and Waller played that up. He played up his ego. He played his ego. He yep. stroked his ego, and was able to <laughs> get the contract signed. Right, so. Uh, I like that part. The one thing is that I wish somehow we saw off camera that Waller actually did this as opposed to something that we get mention of. That's my one little nitpick about this. But I do like where this is going in. I'm not necessarily thinking that uh, Hayes and, and Williams are idiots just because their egos are too big for their uh, for themselves. That's a good argument. I could see that for sure. Yeah, that that's kind of what we were hoping to project here, I feel like. And also, it's so ridiculous and so silly that I feel like it kind of just you, you can't you can't take it too seriously anyway. Like obviously he's not he would have seen an actual contract there. Like it was just a pile of photos. I don't know. It's so absurd and so silly that I accept it. But I do think if you want to say this made it, uh, Carmelo look like a complete fucking idiot, I, I, I would accept, accept that as well. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, this is, this was fine. See, this is why you never should take anyone. And if you think that they're acting sus, as the kids say, go with your gut. <laughs> exactly right, buddy. All right, we see Alba Fire's loss from last, or Alba Fire's win from via DQ from last week. Lash Legend jabbed her in the throat with a bat. Doctor tried to give the injury report, but Lash Legend booted her away. Lash Legend claimed that Alba Fire is on the shelf permanently. Lash said that the NXT women's division better stay out of her way. Permanently out of action. I wonder what that means. I wonder what that means. It could mean a number of things, Boris. Uh, Zion, uh, Sanga makes his entrance. Zion Quinn attacks Zanga during the entrance. Refs run up. Everyone gets pulled apart as we run into commercial. Uh, back from commercial, Brutus and Julius were tossing around uh, stuff in the locker room. Roderick Strong berated both of the creeds for not listening to him while they were winning. Julius pointed out that they did listen, yet Strong continues to berate them. Strong said he's going to teach the creeds a lesson next week when he and Kemp beat the creeds for the tag team titles. Yeah, so the uh, diamond mine explodes? Could it be? I hope not, but we I might be not. going there. All right, next match, Sanga versus Zion Quinn. Uh, dude, I'm digging Sanga. I'm really liking this character a lot. Big time, yeah. The the gentle giant Sanga, he's got gear now. He's got new gear. Yep. Uh, Quinn put Sanga in a half Nelson. Sanga hit Quinn with a lariat. He then body slammed Quinn. He did a throat slash, and he gave Quinn a choke slam for the win in five minutes, eight seconds. Yeah, pretty squashy squash. Uh, Sanga, he's a big giant. Looking like a giant Dan Severn in there. 
Yeah, that's kind of what he looked like with his yep. gear and his new uh, his new look. But yeah, actually, this was probably the worst match on the show, all things considered. But you know what? I, I like the Sega character. Push him strong. Totally fine. Yep. Uh, seeing- one, we're still probably, it's one single cement shoe out of five. Yeah. Uh, we see the continuation, the transformation of Cameron Grimes' character. We get a vignette. Uh, he, we get the hype video about him going after the NXT Championship at Great American Bash. Vic Joseph continues to hype Grimes and Breaker facing off for this show, which is something that I completely forgot was actually supposed to happen. Yeah, it was the main event of this television program, Boris, it was. Yeah. All right. So, Wendy Chu. <clears throat> Wendy Chu <laughs> having nightmares about Tiffany Stratton. Uh, we see Chu having good dream about her getting the best over Tiffany Stratton. Uh, we get some kitty music playing in the background. Uh, Chu got up, went to brush her teeth. We can hear her thoughts for some reason. Chu said Tiffany must be stupid. Chu said it's simple. She gets in Tiffany's head and picks up the win. Chu said she'd see Tiffany at the bash. So some more, see what? Uh, uh, you know, uh, that's yeah. so Raven stuff going on here. Yes, that's so Wendy. See, Wendy Chu does not have any discernible character. She's just a series of skits. And that's why I don't like the Wendy Chu character. Uh, I like the performer, and I'm sure that her and Tiffany Stratton will have a good match at the Great American Bash 2022. Yep. Actually, because in my notes here, I put the G4 uh, commercial. Here's a fun little fact. You know who's in town today? In Toronto? Yeah. No, who? Liv Morgan. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah. Yeah, a buddy of mine ran into her, and I'm like, you lucky son of a bitch. <laughs> no way. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Nice. All right. NXT Women's Champion Mandy Rose with Gigi Dolan and JC Jane versus Nikita Lyons in a non-title match. The thirstiest match in decades in WWE. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, five stars. No, this was, uh, this, was a, this was a wrestling match. I mean, they 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 Nikita Lyons has had... In her WWE career, five matches in her whole career, 25, 30 max, maybe. So, like, she's very, very new to the game. Mandy Rose on the most improved list. She's uh, NXT. Her NXT stint has worked. She has gotten better, more confident, has a good character now. This is completely rehabbed her. This was a good little match. It was okay anyway. I didn't think it was. I thought it was inoffensive. Very choreographed, but, you know, it could have been way worse than it was. Could have been so much worse. Like I, I like the you know how how they were really building up the fact that Nikita Lyons is brute strength, and Manny Rose was trying to out sly her, out fox her, um, and that was essentially the story that they were going for. At one point, uh, Lyons hit Rose with a German suplex. Lyons gets a two count. Rose punches Lyons off the ropes. Uh, then Rose hits Lyons with a missile drop kick. Uh, she avoids the uh, the knee finisher. Lions then hits Rose with a Taekwondo kick, but this is when Dolan and Jane run in, beat down Lions for the DQ in 5 minutes, 30 seconds. Yeah, bullshit WCW Nitro finish here. That was kind of disappointing. Yeah. But that notwithstanding, I thought this was actually uh, kind of okay. The, I think the, the, bad, the bad finish, you'd probably have to knock a point thing, off. The one thing that I'm okay with here, is the fact that your champion didn't get pinned. 
Yeah, you know, it's not the end of the world to have the champion in a match against the challenger and have a DQ happen, actually, come to think of it. That's a wrestling trope. It doesn't like how doesn't often like in ruin, WWE, it doesn't ruin my weekend. Yeah. Yeah. How, uh, how often in WWE does your champion get, get pinned, right? Like, how do you get a championship shot now in WWE? You already have to beat the champion, right? So the champion has to get pinned. We see it all the time in WWE TV. It happens every single freaking time. So it's kind of cool that they're protecting a champion. God forbid, right? You know what, Boris? I think you won me over, and I'm going to bump this back to the Mendoza line. I think we got two and a half cement shoes out of five right here, buddy. Yep. Uh, Solo Sokoa was hanging out with Apollo Crews backstage. Solo said that Waller got lucky last week. Cruz said Solo needs to hold his head high. Sokoa said it means something to encourage him, uh, to get encouragement from him. Quinn tried to trash talk Solo. Cruz said that he's got this. Cruz asked Quinn what Quinn's problem was. Quinn talks about being handsome and the future of WWE. Cruz mocked Quinn for being cheesy. Cruz said Quinn might see his future uh, as being bright, but when he looks at Quinn's future, things don't look so good. I don't like how they're continuing this like future storytelling yeah. Apollo Cruz. Having said that, I think it's just big coincidence, but I'm re okay. Apollo Cruz. This is the Apollo Cruz that we need. Oh, a million percent, trillion thousand percent. Yeah, Apollo Cruz was doing a good job here. He's confident. He's uh, he's not a bad promo. I've always thought he was like he couldn't speak or something, but he's doing a fine job. He can absolutely speak. Yeah. yeah. Um. So the funny, the funniest thing to me about this though, man, was that uh, look, look at Apollo Cruz. He's this incredible athlete, humongous guy, power lifter who can do backflips and all this stuff. And Zion Quinn. Tells Apollo Crews that he's got a better future because he's good looking and he can maybe do TV shows because he's handsome. And he's right. He's right. That's <laughs> the craziest part about this whole thing. Sarah Quinn is actually right. What are we watching? Yep, that's that's That made me laugh so hard, actually. And I was going to bring that up. <laughs> oh, what a world we live in, buddy. I know, right? All right, Cameron Grimes, Braun Breaker with two Ks coming into the Performance Center. Two hours, or an hour and 51 minutes late for work, you sons of bitches. <laughs> hilarious, hilarious. They let Braun Breaker talk this week, though. They actually, he got he got a chance to say words and formulate an opinion. He's yep. an intelligent guy. He's not just a grunting idiot loser getting locked in cages, literally. Yeah, all right. But before that, we saw... A vignette for J.D. McDonough. He talks uh, yeah, about how like he's this. tired of seeing others take a, a page out of his playbook. Uh, we see clips of Devlin from NXT, NXT UK. He said he's the necessary evil of NXT. He said he's not just the ace of the UK. He's the ace of everywhere. And then he said, see you soon. Love it. Hopefully very, very soon. I think he could easily step into this brand and be a top, top act, obviously. Yeah, I like this. I like this. I like how they're, it's essentially the same character, just different name. I can live with that. It is the exact same character, even showing his best highlights from UK, and they just renamed him. So yeah, it, it, the fact that they must rename everyone is dumb, but we've done that rant a thousand times. His real name's Jordan Devlin. He wasn't going to use it on the main roster if ever he made it there, so cool. Give him a new name. 
All right, Wade Barrett introduces Braun Breaker and Cameron Grimes to the ring. Uh, Barrett was the moderator. Breaker said that they didn't need Barrett in the ring. Um, he respectfully said for Barrett to get the fuck out of the ring, essentially. Uh, Barrett left. Breaker with two Ks said Grimes has nothing to lose and everything to gain. Grimes said that if Breaker loses the championship, he still has a future, like getting called up to Raw or SmackDown or even being part of SummerSlam. Grimes said that he's putting in all his chips on the line against Breaker. Grimes said that it's for him, if he loses... That's it. Grimes said he has no backup plan. Uh, Grimes said Breaker treats WWE like a backup plan because he couldn't cut it in the NFL and that uh, Breaker has a Hall of Fame father. Uh, Breaker brought up beating up the last person that brought up his father. Uh, Breaker mocked Grimes by saying that Grimes is going to the moon. He said he's going to spear Grimes, break him, maybe with two Ks. Uh, Grimes said that no matter what Breaker does, he'll get back up. Uh, back up not back up breaker said he'll just keep knocking down grimes to the point where grimes will have to crawl back to his friend ted dibiase uh, breaker said he's bigger faster stronger grimes said everybody gets that but uh what breaker doesn't have is heart and he doesn't have the heart of cameron grimes grimes said it's not breaker's fault but just genetics uh grimes said rick steiner didn't have heart breaker attacked grimes grimes dodged grimes, uh, grimes dodged breaker from the corner grimes then tossed breaker so hard into the corner that the turnbuckle fell out breaker sold a bicep injury while the medics were checking on him uh grimes said that maybe he wasn't uh, able to beat a 100 percent breaker before but he's not 100 percent now he laughs on his way out so yeah uh, big takeaways grimes leaning heel in this promo says that Breaker's daddy ain't had no heart either. That's why he was never world champion, Rick Steiner. That caused Breaker to snap. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like I, I think they they tried this once and it didn't work. And then they tried it again. And then the gimmicked ring exploded. Yeah, but uh, that's, yeah, that's he, what Cameron happened. Grimes, yeah. yeah, on the second attempt, throws Breaker into the turnbuckles. Braun Breaker takes the Bret Hart style bump and the ring comes apart. So. So the, maybe He's it injured. was meant to happen because the first time, like I said, he dodged him and it didn't break. It was the second time where he took the Bret Hart bump that he kind of did take it all down with him. All right. There you go. Then then it probably was uh, meant to go exactly the way it did then. I, I thought he just got whipped into the corner twice the exact same. and It just didn't break on the second time. But yeah, so the ring explodes. We're supposed to believe that Braun Breaker is now injured. And I thought this was not only a good promo, but a pretty... Kind of clever little thing to wrap up the show. Like this, this was an okay idea, WWE style, very much so. Like a big elaborate production. The ring explodes to some extent, but I liked it. All things considered, you know, like you, sometimes you got to shoot a shot, and I think this shot went in. Yeah, I agreed. I like this. I'm a lot more excited for this match than I was for Gacy and Breaker. Having said that, Gacy and Breaker gave us a good match. I think Grimes and Breaker is gonna, are going to give us a better match regardless. And having said that, do you want to go through the Great American Bashes card for next week? Sure. Got it loaded up right here. Four title matches, but we have a couple non-title matches. We start with Trick Williams versus Wes Lee. That's an exciting match. Should be a win for Wes Lee. Also, Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton. 
I'm not sure who's going to win that one. That's that's that, that's an intriguing matchup between two young superstars in NXT 2.0. NXT men's tag team titles, Creed Brothers versus Roddy Strong and Damon Kemp. The Diamond Mind explodes, Boris. North American title, Carmelo Hayes versus Grayson Waller. Thinking Mello wins and moves on to Wesley there. Women's tag team title, Toxic Attraction versus Roxy, Roxanne Perez, and Cora Jade. And the NXT Men's Championship, Braun Breaker versus Cameron Grimes could easily be the best match of Braun Breaker's career. Excited for that one. Yep. I got to ask, who is walking out of Gab with the NXT title? Breaker with two Ks or Cameron Grimes? Huh. Well, they have this injury angle to explain that away. That's very interesting. It might be Braun Breaker. Man, I, 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 yeah, I would love to see Cameron Grimes win the NXT title. I would really love to see it. I don't think it's in the cards. I, I don't, don't think, think so. they're going to do that. I agree. I but agree. Hey, That's but hey, man, it, uh, you know what? I think a lot of people will be drawing the conclusion that if Cameron Grimes wins that title, Triple H is back, baby. It's true. He's rewriting the shows. Yeah, <laughs> that would be hilarious. He's back, and he gives it to one of his boys right away. <laughs> oh, I love it. We're back in a New York groove, baby. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. Oh, man. So that's if the show. Cameron Grimes, if Cameron Grimes wins that title, we have to start and close Great American Blash with that fucking stupid black and yellow song because the black and yellow brand is back, baby. So- it's funny that you say that because you do remember what the gimmick was for War Games, right? I had two songs queued oh, up yeah. depending on who do, won. <laughs> do I ever? Oh, yeah. I remember Grayson Waller doing elbows off the cage. How can I forget? Yep. All right, man. So I think that is it for the show. It is getting late here. It is 1250 in the morning on Wednesday. We have tons more content this week, including an after party this Saturday. That's this Saturday, Money in the Bank after party. We're going to come at you with a card. We're going to come at you with analysis. And you patrons, if you're listening to this show, you will have a link to be able to participate in the show with your feedback. Now, here's the thing. Because it is July 2nd, you got to renew ASAP. This month, you got to renew And July is a big month because we have not one, but two WWE pay-per-views to get through, including one of the big four, SummerSlam. So be sure to renew your patron, patron.com slash SNME radio as soon as you can. That way you have access to both after parties. And I will be able to announce now that Matt and I are going to be coming at you with an aftercast for ROH on July 23rd. That's Ring of Honors uh, pay-per-view. Really looking forward to that one. I'm going to be covering it for Slam. So July is a busy, busy month again. Yes, yes. Death Before Dishonor, I believe it is, July 23rd. That is a Saturday show. We're going to have a podcast for you on that Saturday night. I'm excited. I think the the only match we know for sure probably right now is Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia for the pure title. That looks like it's set in stone. That alone is enough for me. I'll watch that show just for that match. Yep, exactly. And you know they're going to be having debuts. You know they're going to be throwing stuff at us. As they really try to gear up the ROH brand again. So I'm really looking forward to that, dude. We have Great American Bash next week. We have Blood and Guts later today. We have Money in the Bank on the weekend. We have a regular radio show to produce on the weekend as well. 
busy, busy week here on SNME Radio. We want I want to thank everyone and remember, renew those patrons, Patreon accounts, so that you don't miss any show. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you. Yes. Tell your friends. Get them to tell five friends. That's like 70 people right there. Yeah.